Oh, hello there. Thank you for listening to the podcast for this weekend. It's uh, Christina Lynn, who I worked with for a couple of years at iHeartMedia. She was Kimberly and Beck's producer for a while. Then she was Bob Blonsberry's producer for a little while. We'll talk radio in this podcast. We'll talk... Um, Oh, what else? We, we, I mean, we really get into everything. We get, we get a little deeper. You know, we talk a little bit about Christina's background, her life growing up. She's very into tattoos and she's very into marijuana. These are things she used to have to hide. She had a bit of a conservative upbringing. Um, I, I always find that kind of stuff very fascinating. So, uh, we'll talk about all that and, and more. Um, she came out to my factory. It was really cool to have Christina come, you know, sort of a, a face from my past. Just it, it made my heart feel real good that she decided to come out and say hi, stop by and uh, everything. The one topic, though, that I just realized um, w- that never came up that she and I love is true crime. She and I are both true crime junkies. Uh, I would say at least a quarter of the podcasts I listen to are true crime-based podcasts. And Christina and I actually even did back when we were both still in radio, we did a couple of podcasts about true crime and it never came up. And I knew exactly what I was going to tell her too. There was this thing that, um, she and I, she used to make fun of me because the stories that she was into for true crime were always, uh, the, 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 you know, ones you hadn't heard of. They were always very interesting, but they were kind of stories that you didn't know about. Whereas for me, I'm very like cliche. I'm into all the, big stories, right? I'm into the Jean Benet Ramseys and, you know, my favorite is the West Memphis three. This is my, my, and when I say favorite, you know what I mean? But my, my favorite is the West Memphis three because the whole story, and I won't, obviously I won't bother you with the whole story, but the West Memphis three has such a cool twist in it at one point. So in a nutshell, 30 second explanation for, if you don't know, in, uh, in West Memphis, Arkansas, three little boys were murdered and they ended up arresting these three teenagers and saying that they killed them as part of a satanic ritual. Well, it turned out these three teenagers were innocent and the police just had nothing else. So they just arrested these three teenagers so they could arrest somebody. Uh, but at the end of the day, it meant that the murderer was still at large. And it became, as they did a couple documentaries about it, and, you know, web sleuths got on the case, it became pretty much a favorite theory that one of the boy's stepfathers, this guy named Terry Hobbs, might have done it. Um, Just some new evidence came out. You know, there was a witness who saw the original documentary who said, hey, I saw Terry Hobbs with those boys way after the time that 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 they were last seen and I was never questioned by police and and beyond that there was reports that Terry Hobbs had bought bleach that the house smelled like bleach and even one witness that one time claimed that they heard him confess to the murder so this Terry Hobbs is a very favorite candidate for possibly being the guy who committed these murders well the twist that I love in this story is uh, after Terry Hobbs was sort of, you know, informally named as this favorite suspect by everybody. Um, he was still walking free. And Natalie Maines of the Dixie Chicks and several other big high profile celebrities. Natalie Maines, I think, was the t- I want to say the guy from Pearl Jam also was doing this where they were they were, you know, they were doing free the West Memphis three. And Natalie Maines took this tactic that she later revealed at the time 
she didn't reveal what she was doing, but but later she would say how she did this on purpose. Basically, she started slandering Terry Hobbs. She started saying his name on stage. And Terry Hobbs, you know, at that time, in the eyes of the law at least, is an innocent man. He's walking free. He's just a regular guy living his life. He's not a celebrity. He's just a guy. And here's this celebrity on stage and on television, and she's she's saying Terry Hobbs murdered those children. Arrest Terry Hobbs. And Terry Hobbs ended up suing Natalie Maines for defamation of character. And that was when Natalie Maines sort of revealed that it worked. Because in order for Terry Hobbs to sue Natalie Maines, they would have to go to court. And Terry Hobbs would have to prove that Natalie Maines was lying. Because what she was saying was that he was a murderer. So, okay... Uh, you're allowed to say anything you want about anybody in this world as long as it's true. It's when it's not true that you get in trouble. So Terry Hobbs gets this idea. You know, he's just a hick redneck from Arkansas. He gets this idea he's going to sue this multimillionaire country singer, find some hick lawyer to sue her. They end up in court, and suddenly he's got to take the stand and start answering questions about this murder because at the end of the day, the the, the case at hand is him suing her over over whatever i guess defamation of character slander whatever the hell it's called and you know he's got to prove she's lying otherwise she's not defaming his character she's stating a fact anyway that was my favorite favorite true crime story and honestly i think to this day terry hobbs does walk free if you've never heard of it paradise lost is the documentary it's a three-part documentary filmed over many years about the west memphis three and it is fascinating um, okay, a couple quick things before we get into the podcast with Christina Lynn. Number one, I did finally get my Tahoe literally today. I'm recording this on Saturday night, uh, and I got my Tahoe this like late this afternoon. I drove it from Bob Johnson Chevrolet to Wegmans on East Ave and then home. That's all I've driven it so far. It is amazing. It is beautiful. I love it so much. I love it so much. It's this thing. Oh God, I don't know. I want to get emotional, but you know, I'm 37 years old. I've driven beaters my whole life. Every car I've ever driven has been a complete piece of shit. And it's all I could ever afford. And the last vehicle that I had was a 2015 Kia Sorento. And um, I had bought that in 2014, right before I started my business. And it was, you know, it served as my delivery van. Because that's all I had and for years, literally for years. I mean, for three, I guess, for almost four, three, I'm trying to think it was three, three or four years, I was the delivery guy out of a Kia Sorento for my business. And so uh, it, it that car means a lot. I saw it today for the last time ever. I got to see my old Kia Sorento today. And it actually was a little emotional, you know, getting to see that because it was my trade-in and and um and then getting into the Tahoe and seeing like this is what hard work can get you and you know monetary reward let's be honest is a thing it's a real thing it's a real motivator in this world and while my intentions are are pure and my motivation is not simply money uh i i would be lying to you if i told you that money wasn't involved in my motivation And seeing that pay off is equal parts rewarding and scary. And I'll explain. Of course, rewarding is easy to understand. Of course, it's rewarding to get into this beautiful vehicle and realize your hard work got you there, right? But scary because 
you see it and you you know you you don't you don't want to have to go back it's scary to think well what if it doesn't work out because that's the thing about owning a business that i don't think people understand is it's just so clear the path and there's two paths and they're both clear and it's scary because one path is the path to riches and the other path is the path to rags and when you're sitting in the driver's seat and you're seeing the bank account and you're managing the cash flow and you're watching a business grow and you're in charge of making it grow you see both paths the one to riches and the one to rags and they both are clear and you can see how easy it would be to end up down either one of those roads and you just pray to God that you're making the right turns to end up down the right road and for in some weird way you know getting this beautiful new car is kind of a reminder of like okay buddy it's working so far now don't fuck it up I don't know if you can relate to that if you get what I'm trying to say if that's weird but it's just kind of a look inside my head of how I you know see things and see this um one last thing complete complete change of subject before we get to the interview Cleveland Browns Buffalo Bills quick assessment okay the Bills looked good they looked good. Granted, they played the Jets. I get it. But here's the thing. This is a major step for this team. The Bills have to be dominant in games where they're supposed to be dominant. How many years have we spent with the Bills losing games they were supposed to win or making games they were supposed to win close? Okay? They dominant over the Jets. And I think the, you have to be encouraged by that. Uh, the Browns, on the other hand, <laughs> played against one of the best teams in the NFL, the Ravens last Sunday, and then one of the worst teams in the NFL, the Bengals on Thursday. And the B- Browns kind of did a little bit of a uh, same thing as I would say with the Bills. It's They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They got their asses kicked by the elite Baltimore Ravens, and they handed handled the Cincinnati Bengals pretty handedly on Thursday night, although that game ended up a little closer than it should have at the end. Nonetheless, uh, you know, it was um, it was still good to at least see them be able to be in the driver's seat for most of that Cincinnati game. Looking forward to being able to watch the Bills tomorrow. I, You know, I'm a Bills and a Browns fan. Browns first, I have to admit. So when they play at the same time, I choose the Browns. But uh, I love it when they play at different times so I can watch both games. Okay, enjoy my interview with Christina Lynn. I think we're going to just hit record and start talking. All right, let's go. We're going to start doing a podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I can't believe you're here. 
Why do you Why do you mean that? Because I know they can't see us, but we're sitting at my factory. We're sitting out in Burgeon, New York, right now, <laughs> and I'm looking at you. I'm Me. looking at Christina Lynn. I know it does feel surreal. It's, it's been amazing so long. that you're here. I love you. Oh, I love you too. I loved working with you. You're so great. I loved working with you. You were fit. What you uh, left radio, right? I did. Yes. You left radio. I left radio. Yes. What What are you doing now? Um, I'm actually working for a company that creates educational content for online certifications. Oh my god, it's like way better than radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's, but you um, used to get to push buttons and answer phones. I know. Why? <laughs> get yelled at by people. What did you want to go make the world better for? <laughs> I know, right? Well, it's a it's an account manager position, so it's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, what do you get? You get clients. I have all my clients are overseas, so I get like India and China and Japan and. Are there language barriers? There are. We have a interpreter for the Japanese ones, but um, for everything else, I can pretty much make out what they're saying. Yeah. It's just a, a whole bunch of patience, right? <laughs> is is this the job that I was a reference for? Is this this job? Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah can we talk was. about that? Yeah, right? absolutely. Oh my god, I was so honored that you asked me to be a reference. <laughs> For your well, job. I was honored that you said yes. And I got a phone call from the guy. Yeah. And uh, and we did. We talked for like 10 minutes about you. Yeah. And I had almost all good things to say. <laughs> oh, no. What were the sum that Well, they didn't. couldn't have been that bad yeah, if, if you got say. hired. It couldn't have been that bad. Well, and also to be fair, that guy is the deacon at my church. Oh, really? And the HR person at this <laughs> oh, company. Oh, so he knew so you already. Yeah. Okay. He could have said everything opposite that he, that he knew of me and I, I still would have gotten like, hired. <laughs> mm, I don't know. My, I know she murdered a guy once. Yep. Yeah, think only once. Never got caught for that i'll let you tell that one story but that's it and and he would have just been like you know what we're still gonna i love her mom it's a formality with her mom yeah she's coming in anyways i'm I'm glad you say that about your mom too uh, because it just i don't think this would have came up the other thing i love about you as someone who follows you on social media Mm -hmm. which i think is i stalk that's okay is uh you are such a good daughter oh no yeah yeah no you are you are you love your parents so much i do yes i am i'm blessed to have the parents that i have did you have like a really really great upbringing <laughs> well i don't know if anyone can really ever say that they had a really great upbringing right do I you mean, think every person every person is gonna and in some way shape or form with something from our childhood's gonna traumatize us right of course right and life is all about perception right so when you're growing up and you're a child and yeah. you have a very limited perception of what's going on around you sometimes you see that as trauma when it shouldn't be but you still hold on to it as trauma if that what makes is sense. can we talk about what is your childhood trauma (laughs) well where do we start no i'm just kidding who doesn't have it i have plenty of trauma no mine is mostly i would say mine is mostly confidence based right yeah lack of but that's i think everybody everybody is there anybody who doesn't lack a little confidence i mean there are some people who there are some people who a little too much brought down a little (laughs) a couple of pegs there's some people who are pretty sure but i have this feeling that some of those people who are a little overly confident yeah maybe are actually overcompensating absolutely they are yes for action that's just the mechanism they developed right to handle the the lack of confidence. and that's exactly the the term that i use all the time of i uh, never trust a comedian who says they're funny uh-huh right yes so never if you got trust someone, a skinny chef either yes, yes. so you got yeah. someone walking around going i'm the best at what i do they're probably not yeah. <laughs> and they're probably just well because if someone actually let's let's break that down if somebody yeah. actually believes they're the best at something sure that would mean that they probably would stop working to get better sure and we believe perfection probably does not exist right, right. for anybody in any role right and so if you aren't striving to get better mm-hmm. then you're you're probably getting worse 
Exa- don't you think? Or staying the same. Yeah. Which is worse. Which is worse, yeah. Because you need to be able to adapt and change. And Here's what I'm struggling with now, though, and maybe you can help me. Yeah. So I'm in a role now where I'm, I'm in charge, basically, okay? okay? And with that comes some really great things and mm-hmm. some really hard things. Yes. And uh, one of the things I'm worried about is will people tell me what I'm not doing a good job of? Because, as we just mentioned... I'm, there's definitely something I'm not doing a good job of. And and you can only have so much self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I do think I'm sure. self-aware and I do think I know where sure. I need to work on things. But if I really just completely am off base on something, mm-hmm. I'm worried that maybe these guys won't tell me. I think if you create the opportunity for them to tell you over and over, yeah. then that's when it'll happen. How do I do that? You just say, you know, I don't. I'm not taking the unemotional side on this, guys, but I just want to start doing it this way. And if something doesn't work, let me know. And then check in with them all the time and give them the opportunity to give you that direct feedback. Because if you're going to assume that they're just going to come out and say it, that's not going to happen. Right. How many times have you been around someone that you're just like, wow, they're really doing stuff wrong, but it's not my company. It's I worked at iHeartMedia for 15 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I guess what that's not exactly. Segue, yes. I guess that's not exactly what you were asking. <laughs> But, but it's that's, true. Like, that's exactly true, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we all have that sense of, not my company. He knows something more than I do. Yeah. I'm going to let him do it. Right. Um, and I guess there's the other thing in your head is how much feedback are you willing to take? Cause that's the other thing, too, because, right, because there are some things where somebody might uh, have an idea of how to do something, and I might disagree right. with them. I might say, right. no, there's a reason, but I want that dialogue mm-hmm. to exist still. Mm-hmm. So even if somebody does want to come to me and say, hey, I feel like we should be doing A instead of B. Right. I can say, well, actually, we're doing B, and there's a reason we're doing B. Right. And here's the reason. Yes. And I want to be able to explain that. And then if they can honestly challenge me to the point where I can't answer them, right. then I have to have that self-awareness to be able to say, oh, actually, I don't have an answer for this, and which this, means maybe they're right. This works through and through for products even, too. I've mm-hmm. learned in retail, it's the th- the three rule, right? So if someone comes in with a product and they you're asking them why they're returning it, a yeah. lot of people get emotional about that. They're like, oh, I just don't have enough money. But no, no, no. We want to know if there's a defect, right? Yeah. So we get one instance of a defect. You say, okay, maybe that was just that person bringing it home and they did something to cause that. Another person returns it and states the same defect. Then you think, wait, okay, now we have there a could be a pattern. Yeah. And then a third person comes in, you go, okay, this is a real issue. Yeah. And we need to deal with it. And I think, honestly, a lot of people in the world <laughs> don't think that way, no. and they need to. Like, you see someone scrolling on Facebook, and you go, oh, that person thinks that way? Then that's it. That's how everybody thinks? Yeah. I'm done. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> no. It's, keep scrolling. How you are see you... a second person doing that. You say, okay, wait, maybe right. it is true. How are you dealing with the, I guess, polarizing nature of social media? You well, know, I'm going to take all of October off. I saw you. You said that. Yeah. Are you going to just delete the apps from your phone? Or well, what? here's the thing. is that The last time I tried to do this, I realized that I used Facebook as my login to everything. Uh, like Spotify, login yeah. with Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think I'm just going to put up a couple of graphics just being like, out of office for the whole month of October. <laughs> here's my email if is, you want to email me. Is it me. wearing on you that much? that you need to take the month off? I think that coming from radio where you and I were in charge of a lot of content and a lot of feedback and like putting stuff out for people. um, And now that I'm in a place where I don't need to be doing that, but I find myself still on my phone as much as if I were, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I do need that break. I think that getting off of it and just reading everybody's first thoughts when they get up in the morning is not good for me. 
What is it? What on social media? Like what annoys you? What's the one that you just roll your eyes? Is it is it the political anger? Whether it's coming from one side or the other, they're both. Hmm. But honestly, both sides are guilty of oh, throwing. I, I'm politi- a libertarian, so I hate them both. Yeah. But the both sides are very guilty of yes. being just like angry, cultish, yeah, cultish and angry. Yes, yeah. there's no doubt. But our our timelines are full of people on both sides being very cultish and angry. Yeah, yeah. and that wears. It definitely wears. There's the humble brag, which mm-hmm. I think is the one that gets me the most under my skin. Yeah, is probably the humble brag. Yeah. That's a tough one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there, you know, and I'm certainly guilty of things too. I mean, I don't know. I tried to pull way back on posting pictures of my kid. Yes. Yeah. Because I was doing a lot of it, and then I'm like, you know what? It's and I don't it's know. If for it's, you. I don't, it's, it's for you. It's not for everybody. That's the other thing yeah. is that we're so used to oversharing. Yeah. That it's just so easy to be like. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Everywhere I go, it's like I got a pumpkin smoothie. You know, you're gonna love this. Like, <laughs> yeah. but then I realized, wait, what if I didn't take a picture? Would it mean as much? I hope so. But wait, wait a minute, though. But let me give, let me go play devil's advocate yeah. for a second. I look at Facebook as the modern day newspaper. True. The way that in the True. fifty years ago, my grandfather might have gotten a newspaper so he could see what's going on in the world. I've got a better newspaper. I follow all my favorite news, mm-hmm. so I know what is going. I know the hard news, but then I follow all my favorite people, mm-hmm. so I know that Christina just got that pumpkin spice latte. True. Which, speaking of pumpkin spice latte, small. Can we just for one second? Yeah. Can we take? You brought me a coffee from Starbucks. I did. Thank you for that. You're welcome. But I noticed you don't have one. I drank it on the way here. Oh. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Oh, that thing doesn't last 15 <laughs> seconds in my hand. Uh, what's your go-to drink? Uh, well, right now, because I'm on a very strict diet, I'm doing decaf everything. Okay. So it's a decaf iced coffee with the pumpkin cold foam cold brew. Or okay. pumpkin cold foam, sorry. I no. did have my first pumpkin spice latte, and it was and? delicious. Okay, it, it was, was your good. first? First of the year, of the year, of the season. Okay, I'm glad of, that of you the clarified 2020 that, because <laughs> I was about to wheel myself away from this real quick. <laughs> you know, I used to, that. I live in 12 Corners Brighton, and uh, they shut down our Dunkin' Donuts. They yeah. did? Yes, the one on Monroe yes, Avenue. Yes, I saw that. And so now I have to go to Starbucks, and so I've actually become a Starbucks fan because there's, I'm used to it now. There's a Duncan in the other direction. I but uh, it's out of my way. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, all the way. On, it's all the way an extra but two star- minute drive. But that Starbucks you have to walk into. Yeah, that's so true. So if you they're doing curbside now though. The difference. Oh, true. But it's pain in the ass every yeah. time I do curbside, and you just sit, especially with that Starbucks, <laughs> and you just pull up and you sit right there, yeah. and you stare at them and they stare at you, and you stare at them and they stare at you, and you stare at them and they stare at you, and then they're just like, "Fuck, fine, I'll walk 24 <laughs> feet, you lazy." And it doesn't help to be like a little bit of a fat guy. Because they're just looking at me and they're just like, oh, the lazy fucker who's getting a cold brew and a, and, oh, and look at this, a Rice Krispie treat. Cute. And a blueberry muffin, really? And you're going to pretend it's, it's, we know this is all for you. Yeah. I actually had a friend who was called a privileged white ass oh, for, yeah? for trying to get curbside at for Taco curbside? Bell. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> What's... Because, I mean, can't we just blame COVID for everything and just say, well, because yes. COVID, it's yes. okay for me to make you deliver my food to me. Yes. Yes. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've spent hundreds on Grubhub like every week. Oh, dude. Isn't it embarrassing sometimes? It I is. Had to, oh, I did a, a for... Um, in 2017, I had to I had to recently turn over 2017 bank statements oh, for something, no. and uh, I had to give them to my account. No, there's no problem. Sure, sure. Like everything, it's completely fine. Uh, there's no problem at all. But I did tell my accountant, I was like, just just ignore like McDonald's yeah. and Arby's. <laughs> You're gonna see way more Little Caesars than I'm willing to admit. I buy a lot of things for people. 
mm-hmm. and it's in the form of food yeah. usually yeah. you know mcdonald's it's very humbling when you see it on paper <laughs> yes because it is it, it really, you'll be like okay let's take a look at april okay 18th i McDonald's. literally just did this i sat down McDonald's. and broke down my entire finances <laughs> for the last month yeah. and i was like oh man i oh, have boy. a big number in that miscellaneous <laughs> yeah. pile of it's stuff. so true it's horrible and then and then like for me it was like wait a minute Vogue? <laughs> and then I go, in 2015, I bought my little sister-in-law a Vogue subscription, and it just been paying for it for two years. I'm sorry, do magazine? Oh, oh no, it wasn't a magazine this subscription. This was 2015 through 2017, but I canceled it at that point. But it was just sure. two years I'm going, well, I just just paid for Vogue for two years because I just and the funny thing is I run businesses so I'm diligent right. about my finances right. from my businesses but then my personal checking accounts just a shit show that's how it is though right you, yeah. what you can't do you teach yeah and then you just live your life not doing it pretty much pretty <laughs> exactly much. me too a lot like with my meditation stuff and stoicism like the reason I spit it out to people all the time is to remind myself yeah. like I need to hear it out loud and I need to be validated that that is a reason thing right like yeah and that's another problem with social media and yes. that's why I'm saying I gotta step back from this because you know if I'm reading something and I'm trying to conjugate it into my life I don't need a like to do it further you're very deep though like your social media a lot of times is really like I mean sometimes it's stupid <laughs> <laughs> but but I plenty like of times yeah. plenty of times it's very like deep it's these like really sort of uh I don't know transcendent thoughts oh and I don't know I mean it, it, you're a deep person aren't you I I think so yeah yeah I can tell you are yeah is do you think that that getting off of social media is gonna affect it it's not gonna affect that that's who you are i think it's gonna make me deeper to be honest with you because it's gonna be pulling me away from the the shallow and superficiality that is social media but you won't have anyone to tell about all these deep thoughts you're having here i'll tell you i'll tell you there's a cheat to this i'm gonna be off twitter instagram and facebook oh you're staying on tiktok I don't do TikTok, but um, there is a, a platform that I use called Vocal Plus, or Vocal Plus is a subscription, and it's basically a website where you just submit your um, creative writing, and oh. you get paid for views, and it's things like that, and honestly, actually, YouTube are things that I want to focus on more, because I do believe that I have maybe something to say or a message to give. I don't know exactly what it is yet. But I want to be able to pull myself away from the egotistical side of social media and become a creator and kind of still submit and create without having to do it in front of 4,900 people. What kind of writing do you do? Um, just a lot of my own thoughts. Like, uh, like my podcast was all just me coming up with. Like, I had Tattoo Tuesday because I'm covered in tattoos. I'm actually getting tattooed on Tuesday, ah. this upcoming Tuesday. So you're you getting, getting your car time? today. I'm getting my tattoo on Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. Um, my back is being worked on more. Okay. So I have a, two huge painted-on wings on my back that are a cover-up of other wings that were poorly done. And uh, she's got this style about her that I just want her to kind of take over my entire body and yeah. just infuse it into everything I already have. Do you have to be careful about like? Do you have how much space do you have left? I mean, I I, we're sitting outside right now, so yeah. it's a little cool out, so I don't see your. But <laughs> I you, do remember. Are, are you asking me to strip? Could you I mean, strip? Yes. Absolutely. I just need to see. But I remember from working with you, you had it all down your arms, right? You got tattoos down your arm. Yeah. Where do you have blank space? Like, where are you going next? Um. Butt cheek. Yeah, I actually have one there. <laughs> do you? Yes, I do. What do you have on your butt cheek? It's uh, the Capricorn symbol within stars that are the constellation of Capricorn. Okay. 
do you are there are there tattoos that you get obviously that's not a tattoo you plan on a lot of people seeing but then there's right. other tattoos that are in places where people are going to see them is there a strategy based on what tattoos are going to be just for you versus which ones people see funny you ask it that way it because is funny the way that. that it actually turned out was when i first started getting them it was all about hiding them it was all about this is for me this is not for anyone else i don't need anyone to ask me uh, my mom's thing was uh, don't let it be seen in a wedding dress and uh, at that point, I was just kind of like, whatever. I got one that ended up being seen, but it was just stars. So it wasn't like a, you know, a skull or anything like that. Um, but I lived a, quite a long time getting tattoos and hiding them. And then I realized that I don't want to do that anymore. I want to show them. I want to show this side of me. Like, I consider tattooing and... Uh, honestly, I will probably get here too, but tattooing and marijuana are two lifestyle choices of mine. Yeah. I love the art of tattooing. I love the feeling of it. I love being involved with an artist so closely and she's permanently altering my skin. Like that's kind of awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. And then like marijuana, there's a whole bunch of great things having to do with the plant and a whole industry around it that people don't even talk about anymore so that was another thing i had to come to terms with myself and be like listen i like marijuana and i like tattoos <laughs> you never you never hid you know at least the time i've known you, you never really hid either one of those things it's not like there was a time i was you were hiding both yeah yeah and was that basically just because you had these these parents who were kind of conservative uh, you know, just say well look maybe you shouldn't have tattoos and be high all the time you know and you're like well very much i guess my parents don't want this so i'll hide it a little it's well what 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 led to you finally coming out and saying you know what my tattoos are going to be visible and guess what i'm high <laughs> like, <laughs> like right now, it was mom. Exactly that. Like right now. So here, you were uh, there. I was there. It's on Thanksgiving. I brought my parents <laughs> to a tattoo appointment, and I no, I'm just kidding. I'm picturing like a Thanksgiving speech <laughs> where you're just like you're on your second plate, and yes. they're just kind of like Christina. Yeah. You haven't looked up in 15 minutes. <laughs> and for some reason, the whole plate is just mashed potatoes. <laughs> yes, it is. And you're just yes. like, you know what? Yeah. I'm hot. I'm hot. I've been high since <laughs> 11 This is my fourth plate. You yeah. don't even know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've been eating this turkey before you guys even finished it. <laughs> and these are not, uh, wait, these are not mashed potatoes. These are clouds. <laughs> I'm eating clouds. And they're phenomenal. They are good. Um, what happened? Maybe, you know what? I think we're digging into the answer of what trauma happened in my life when I was growing up and the trauma being, you know, uh, live up to a certain standard. You know, my mom worked for the Catholic church, so she was very, very, and is very faithful and believes a lot in all of, you know, your body is your temple. You don't ruin it. You know, he gave you one, like that is the, what do you yeah. have to do to change it? And my dad was an engineer and he was very science-based so a lot of his stuff was if it's not factual let's not talk about it and it's like for him you know marijuana was a drug and both my parents grew up in the time that the stereotype was massive and they were both two goody two-shoes you know so mm -hmm. I, it took me being born to kind of bring them to the side of listen there are beautiful tattoos out there yeah and there is an art to it and, and having a tattoo doesn't make you a bad person doesn't make you a bad person no that's my mom was the same way in fact i got my first tattoo when i was 19 and it's this cross yeah. right it's a cross wow. on my arm yeah and uh i got the tattoo i came my mother was a volunteer at the church she mm -hmm. didn't work at the church she's a volunteer mm -hmm. very religious and thought the same thing your mom thought mm -hmm. that i had that i had completely ruined, ruined my temple you know it was pure and now it's no longer pure yep and i went and got that tattoo she was so mad mm -hmm. and then 
we went to church on Sunday. Yeah. And you know what this woman did, who I love dearly, my mother, but this was one of those moments where I was, she showed the priest how proud she was (gasps) that I had gotten a cross, that I wanted Christ on my arm. Oh, yeah. And I was like, Mom, this wasn't... I didn't do this one for Jesus. Yeah, this but just still, looked, though. Like, Mom, it just looked cool. Look, that was see, her way of accepting how, and loving it. Yeah, it looks like it's going through my skin. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Mom, it just kind of looks badass. <laughs> it had nothing to do with Jesus. And she's like, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter. We're telling you Father Thomas you played you, with it. Yeah, it's for Christ. You should have gone along with it because <laughs> yeah. that does. It's actually funny you say that because I did the same thing. All the tattoos I got had significance that if my parents were like, why did you get that? I'd be like, well, this is for you. you yes. know? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Do they still to this day have significance? Or do you have a couple that are just silly? They're just um, art. They all have some something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if for anything, it could just signify the time in my life. Can we talk a little bit about weed? Yeah. Of is weed okay, or do I sound like a '90s hip hop music fine. listener? Weed is fine. Yeah. Marijuana. What's yeah. Uh, Mary Jane. I have never really been able to enjoy being high. Yeah. What am I doing wrong? Well, I think that you had one bad experience that you just. Do you know about my bad experience? You told you, me. Oh, I yeah. did. Yeah, I had a. I did have a very bad one, and it was nothing crazy. I, I, I don't need to necessarily tell the whole story. Basically, just I got fucking so high that I felt sick. I got yeah. sick, and yeah. I just, you know, sunk into a couch and didn't move for like nine hours. Sure. One of those situations. Sure. And uh, and it scared me. And yeah. I tried since, and every time I just got that same sort of queasiness. You know, yeah. just, and I just preferred alcohol. Sure. I just preferred. The control that I had, I felt like with alcohol, I was very controlled about how much of it I was drinking, how yes. drunk I was going to be. And with marijuana, I was just very out of control. Yes. I didn't know how much, how high I was going to get, and I didn't like that. Yeah. What did I do wrong? <laughs> I mean, it, it, can I still come back to marijuana, can, do you think? And listen, I will guide you through. I don't have to worry about any drug tests back? at work now because yeah, I'm in charge of that oh shit gosh, now. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Are you hiring? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, just do it again and do it in smaller doses because it sounds like you overdid it. I probably just, yeah. And a lot of it is mental, to be honest with you. If you walk into it thinking, okay, I had a really bad experience this last time. Let's try it again this time and see what happens. Yeah. Then you're just kind of setting yourself up for that. Yeah. Whereas that feeling of losing control is actually what draws me to it a lot because I feel like I control a lot of things in my life around me. You want the loss of control. So I want the loss. I want to yeah. be able to sit back and say, I can enjoy life right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm out of my mind and I'm just thinking of random, crazy, fucking fun it t- stuff. It takes you uh, like out of, you're not in charge anymore now. Now right. that you're high. Like now, like, you know what? The weed's going to take over right. and you just get to live carefree for a little while. Exactly. Yes. I get that. I want that. It's like a dream state. Yes. Right? But I can't, I can't get there. Like with, with the marijuana, I can't get there. I've never tried any real drugs. Uh, and then with alcohol, I get, you know, I, I enjoy the feeling of being buzzed and drunk, yeah. but it's not a relaxing feeling. It's no. more of a like, let's go, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it all. It's like cocaine. Yeah. You, well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Again, I've never tried, but with alcohol, I'm just like, I'm like, let's do it. Let's go have right. fun. Let's uh, release our inhibitions and have fun. And yeah. I like that Ready feeling. Ready to go. But I would love the one that just lets me go, okay, let me relax. But yeah. then I worry about, will I like it so much then that there's addiction. But I understand with marijuana, there's no addiction. There's no addiction. Is that true? It's addictive personality. It truly is. You can be addicted to Diet Coke. You can Mm. be addicted to anything that is not addicted. Addicted to food. I believe I am. 100%. It's all emotional. And it's not something that, like, if I stopped, if I stop uh, for three or four days, I'm not going to throw up. I'm not going to, like, get dizzy. I'm just going to be probably more clear-headed and articulate and probably more productive. But Do you do you have the ability to stop for a little while? Absolutely. Like, like how long will you go regularly now 
how long would you go without smoking at all? Or and is it all smoke for you, or or do you do edibles? Or I have you? edibles too. Yeah, okay. I'm a edibles are a different kind of high. It's a body high versus a head high. Okay. Um, and it helps me sleep. The edibles do. Um, I could go. You know, it's for me. It's with purpose, right? If I find that like my training is is suffering because of my smoking, then I'll stop for a week, right. whatever, or or just stop until I feel better. I mean, I really could. Yeah. I don't really have a reason to. Like in the past, it was job. You know, I was unemployed. I needed to find a job, so I'd go six, seven, eight months without doing it and not think anything of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? Let's talk about bodybuilding for a second because yeah. it's interesting to me that you're a bodybuilder. I love. I watch it. You know, I see on Facebook. It's it's just you know you just don't run into it a lot. Period. <laughs> Especially honestly with a female, you don't run right. into a lot of female bodybuilders. How did you become? A bodybuilder. Well, first off, it's powerlifting. Powerlifter. Bodybuilder. I got it's it wrong. Completely different. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh my God. Sorry, all my powerlifters. Should people. we just delete the whole podcast? Yeah, delete the whole thing and start <laughs> over. Um, you know, it actually was a journey. I started at 30, being like, I deserve better in my life, health-wise. Um, not that I wasn't like, I wasn't like overly obese. I mean, I'm obese now for my height. Join the join the club. And, and right, it's like yeah. it seems like everybody is. Yeah. But um, I just kind of woke up one day and said I need to be more active. I used to take dance when I was younger. I used to do swimming and stuff like that. So you were an athlete when you were a kid? I teenager? wouldn't call it an a- athlete. I would just be kind of involved in stuff. Yeah. yeah. You were burning calories. Sure, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And as soon as I got into college, I was like, F that. Mm-hmm. You know, why? who wants to voluntarily put themselves through hell? Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I hit 30 and I guess midlife crisis-ish <laughs> kind of hit me, quarter life or whatever. And I started taking tic- uh, kickboxing for a year. And then I did powerlift or no, 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 kickboxing. And then I did CrossFit, Olympic lifting for 10 weeks. And then I went from that to personal trainer and high intensity boot camps. And then I found my coach who is smaller than me and a power lifter in the area. And I was like, she's, she, yeah, this industry is perfect. She is a great re- representation and someone for me to look up to. So power lifter mean, it, that means that you're, you're sort of an expert in lifting a lot of weight just a few times, as opposed to people right. who do lightweight many times. You do a lot of weight a few times. So a right. big difference between bodybuilding and powerlifting is bodybuilding is a lot of diet and high repetitions mm. because they're trying to get, they're trying to show all of their muscles. You mm. want to slim down while also bulking up. Mm. A power lifter, our whole point is that we want to go to a meet and we want to pull the heaviest we've ever pulled on our deadlift. We want to bench the heaviest we've ever benched and squat the heaviest we've ever squatted right then and we spent all this time training for that moment what's your max on bench my max on bench is 134 nice my max on squat is 226 okay and my max on deadlift is 292.5 i don't think i've ever deadlifted in my life and i don't remember my squat max yeah but when i was 20 years old Football, John Carroll University, I maxed on bench at 335. I think it's that you bad. would be a beast in this area if you decided that you wanted to get well, in powerlifting. Well, I don't have the, you know, I don't have the work ethic from I a physical standpoint. I, I, I think you could. I do have the work ethic, but I don't I have the... I know you would. I, I, I would have to go into that all... If there, if there was yeah. a lightning strike. <laughs> if, there, if you woke up yeah. one day and said, you know what? I want to do something for myself personally 
and just hit the goals. I was I was a weight room junkie for a bunch of years. Yeah, I was, and then of course it's been it's been Jesus, it's been twelve years since I probably even was in a weight room. But <laughs> you know, I got busy with life, and sure. I, I enjoy working. Yeah. That's where I I channel my work ethic. But I really enjoyed weightlifting for a while. It is addicting. Yeah, yeah, I I was really into it, and and you know I was I and I get embarrassed because Mondays was always bench day sure. for me, and I always get embarrassed because I always figure bench is the stupidest thing. Bench is like being good at <laughs> golf is like driving. Right, right. It's like you drive for show, you putt, you, you right. putt for dough. And in and in weightlifting, the guy who walks in on a Monday morning goes straight to the bench. Everyone's like, okay, rookie. Okay. And I'm like, no, fuckers. I've been lifting for 12 years. It's just how what I do on Monday morning. Right? Like, isn't that the most cliche thing? Guy walks in on a Monday morning, goes yep. straight to the bench. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he's got his knees wrapped and his wrist wrapped and yeah. a headband on. And he yeah. does eight reps and then he's on his phone for 10 minutes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've been that guy a couple times. I'm not going to lie. Well, just your height in general, like if you showed up at a powerlifting meet to, to do it, you would kill. Really? And, and is that a big, is there a big culture for it around here? There, it's a niche culture for sure. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of people in Buffalo, a lot of people in Syracuse. My first meet was in Oneonta, second was in Buffalo, third in Rochester. Okay. When's your next? So right now I'm just focused on losing weight. Okay. I need to get down to the weight class that I want to be at, and then I'm going to start training again. Okay. Because right. I've realized that I have not ever gotten a handle on my nutrition. Do you want me to not send you home with a bunch no, of- No, send me home with Okay, stuff all right. Have. I was going to send you home with a bunch of stuff, but like- No, this is know. sauces. This is sauces. spices, and yeah. that's fine. Well, you know, and the truth is, I don't know. Do you do just calorie count, or what do you do? Like, how do you lose weight? I'm Well, what I'm doing right now is pure organic, no-label food. Okay. And then- um, my cheats are like cauliflower pizza. Oh my god, that's your cheat. Okay, and, Tom Brady. And raisin bran. Oh Those are my cheats. God. Those All are right. like if they're in my house, I can't not yeah. eat them. But so you're just shitting your brains out these days, then, <laughs> basically. I haven't had kombucha. Okay. Because <laughs> like if I ate, if I ate what you just described, I would just shit all day. Well, it's a lot of smoothies. Like I do protein and collagen smoothies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, because the stuff I give you can dress up some of that stuff. Yeah, it's perfect. But it's, you know, they're low-calorie things. That's, that's fine. But they are kind of, there's sugar in them and stuff, it's, you know. The main point is not processed food. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't go to drive throughs I don't yeah. get I anything gotcha. from the store that is packaged and says, just heat this up. Yeah. You're so interesting. You've had so many life experiences because you've worked a million jobs, a too, million, right? A million, yeah. Tell me, just let's roll through just a few. We're not going to oh, dive deep into all the jobs, okay. but, like, roll through a brief... Give us a little resume, if you will. Oh, man. Um, okay, I'll just go from chronological, from when I first started working, and then you can just stop me at any point. Okay. I, so I started in retail at Journeys, got hired at Pacific Sunwear. I did Cunningham Research. I was one of those, uh, would you like to take a survey, people in the mall? Yeah. <laughs> Depression came real quick with that one. Um, <laughs> then I worked at a store called Cache. It was like prom dresses. Um, and then I would be on and off from Pac Sun for the season while DJing. So I DJed um, a lot of Canandaigua and Victor High School and middle school dances and private parties. How did you become a DJ? What made that happen? When I was young, I really was enthusiastic about just getting out there and doing stuff. Yeah. So I contacted a DJ in the area and said, hey, if you're ever hiring, let me know. And I was with him from 17 to 22. Um, 
and I had a my boyfriend at the time was a bodybuilder and I would hire him to bring all the equipment so <laughs> I would just show up and DJ um, I was a DJ too for a while yeah. and that was the the thing was getting all the equipment in it's and out the whole my, do you know how big that thing was so I would give my brother 50 so I would get like yes. 400 bucks for a gig yes. and I would give my brother 50 bucks exactly what to, I did to come and bring it all in and then show back up at 11 to help me bring it all out yes yeah. so my boyfriend I would spend it like we could spend the whole time together and, yeah. And, yeah that's <laughs> not it it's still paid him and it just sucks carrying it, that shit around it was that huge yeah. freaking deck that was massive and did, were you able to please everybody or was there always somebody in the corner going you should play more country uh, <laughs> well i never played country so that's that Me neither um the one thing that i had was at a canadagua dance if students started grinding i yes. was to stop playing yes and that <clears throat> was a really funny one because I would play a song that I wouldn't think anyone would grind to and then I'd see a teacher going cut it cut and then I just have to stop I have almost the exact same experience (laughs) Edgewood High School Northeast Ohio DJing a prom and cut and I don't remember the song exactly but it was cut it and then and the assistant principal gave a little speech about I'm seeing a lot of things I don't want to see yes and we're gonna cool it down and then also gave me the instruction like let's let's cool it down yep and I was like I don't know what to play because if you go to a slow song then they get pretty touchy-feely and if you go to a fast song (laughs) they're 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 humping each other exactly like, like, what are you, you gonna, gonna play do? Like Mario or you something? You want to just go to yeah. silence for a little while? Like, what are we gonna do? Yeah. Don't know what to do Bring right now. Bring some John Tesh, just chill it out for well, a second. You know, you know what solves it? To tell what? you, the truth. line dances. Yes, that's yes. true. Then you or go the into Macarena, Macarena, Cha Cha Slide. Yes, all that can. That's the one thing that they can't figure out how to grind to. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so go on. So okay, you were so DJ. DJing. Then I worked at 98PXY as a promotions assistant for a year Okay. Um, while working at Red Bull. And then at that time, I also worked for Tanning Bed. So I worked in a store out here, and then I went out to UB for college, and I worked in corporate Tanning Bed out there. While out there, I worked at Red Robin Express, Starbucks. I... Somebody's going to kill me for this, but Red Robin... I will always credit for figuring out to put an egg on a cheeseburger. Right. I mean, it's brilliant. And it's the first place I ever saw it. Yeah. And ever since then, I love an egg on a cheeseburger. Yeah. They yeah. Uh, they had it. They figured that out early on. They did. Good for them. Um. So Red Robin, I think I'm missing a couple there. I started doing film production when I came back to Rochester, so I've done... How hard was it to work at Starbucks? Do you have to memorize all how to make everything? It was actually hard. They hold you to a pretty high standard. Yeah. Because it's a lot of intense recipes, even though they're simple, right? You go, oh, well, that makes sense. And at at first, like you would be with any job, every time you got to look it up, right? Right. At first. You don't memorize them for a couple weeks. No. So those first couple weeks are brutal because you're slow. And you have a binder with you. I mean, at that point, it was a binder. I don't know if they have a tablet now or something. But you have a binder to reference, but you can't keep relying on it because it goes so quick. Yeah. You have to know how to do it quickly. Do they have machines yet? I mean, are they are those people still legit baristas, or do they have machines yet where that you just? Because I figure with chains like that, they probably right. just got the machine where the barista can type in latte, non-fat, you know, two sugars, and it pops out. There's still something to be said about manually done espresso, even though it's an automatic machine. Yeah. I uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the love that goes into it. No, my neighbor's an espresso guy, and he yeah. takes it very seriously. He'll come over, he'll ask me if I want an espresso, and he'll come over, and he's got all the, you know, sort of the, I don't know, he's, he's got the technique and the beans that came from a certain place, yep. and the, the sugar and the cream's got to be the exact, if you want it, if you want it, if you don't the, want it. The different grinds for, yeah. yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Starbucks. So then you got into film production, and that was back in Rochester? Yep. 
and I did a feature film for a month unpaid completely for 28 days um, but I got Tim Hortons to sponsor the entire thing nice. so we got uh, coffee and hot chocolate and donut holes yeah oh my god <gasps> oh okay, no 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 hold on no this is oh my god I have to explain what it is and tell you why not to panic so a school bus just <laughs> slammed on its brakes in front of our building but hold on i see that you're panicked i'm gonna explain why you don't need to panic okay. the right over there is a school bus mechanic okay they literally fix school oh, buses okay so they do this all the time they're oh testing the brakes on that bus that right is now. hilarious yeah i just realized that to somebody who didn't know that that, oh would, my God. that would panic you this is phenomenal yeah. okay you so, couldn't even pay for that no he's he is He's that's testing awesome. that bus right now. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but I get, oh my God, that's crazy. I just realized that you would see that and you would think like, oh my God, something's wrong. It sounded like he hit a child. No, they te they they go out and now they're test driving and he'll go around. And sometimes they'll like really, uh, they'll turn sharply. He's kind of turning normal, but sometimes they'll do sharp turns and shit. They oh do gosh. shit in school buses that, but so yeah, that place back there is one of the biggest, um, like local school bus mechanics. Oh my! That's what they do. They, that is they, so cool. Every, so you see school buses from all over this area, like a hundred mile radius, come down this road to get worked on there. That is so. And then they take them out right in front here, and they just start slamming on brakes and doing donuts in school buses. Oh my gosh! You have to right do videos in front of our of factory. <laughs> it's great. I need to see the donuts. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, so I'm sorry about that. So film production. I don't know. This is gonna take forever. Uh. No, I'm just kidding. Um, film production, I worked for Vitamin Water for a while, um, but that was a contract position. I waitressed at Edibles. I worked at Champs in Eastview Mall at uh, the restaurant, not the store. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of going all over now. And not. Uh, my first job ever, though, wasn't Journeys. It was 60s Shop. And this was a locally owned business that was in Eastview Mall. And it was all incense and tapestries and hemp jewelry and everything. And it's... I. I've been thinking about it a lot recently because I realized that that was a happy place for me. Oh, okay. Like I loved being in that store. Well, it seems like you enjoy working, but you have. But there is something to be said for someone who, who skips around jobs that much. Sure. So I'll tell you something. Yeah. I don't know if you're gonna like it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> when I interview for jobs here. Yeah. Something I look for is people who don't do what you do. Sure. Because I want people. I to don't stay. want people who are gonna come here for five months and Absolutely. then and go on. Sure. What do you think leads to wanting? But at the same time, you're a way more interesting person to talk to because <laughs> <laughs> you've had all these life experiences. But sure. what do you think? Leads leads to you wanting to have all these uh, you know why have you had a million jobs what leads to you get do you get bored easy is that what it is i think i get bored easy yeah. and i feel like there are key things that happen in a company that you can't come back from yeah so so uh, in in a lot of these cases were you at some point burned in one way or another and you're like fuck this not all of them i'll say yeah. that a lot of them were short-term experiences for a reason so okay. like like vitamin water was a nine-month contract so you can't hold that against me that i didn't work past the nine months right i any of the shoots that i do are day shoots or a week shoot or whatever that's a project i can say i was hired but it was freelance you know um with all the other jobs it was either um I got a better opportunity was a lot of situations like I worked at a bra store and Sephora came and stole me and then the bra store stole me back nice. <laughs> after nine months. And what is that? Just literally just money? Like we'll give you an extra dollar an hour? Well, oh. I got I went from assistant manager to sales lead to store manager. Assistant to the regional manager assistant or assistant to the regional or manager. assistant regional manager. Assistant to the assistant regional manager. Assistant to the. Okay, yes. Got it. Yes. Right. Who can only be Dwight Schrute. <laughs> um... I'm trying to think what else. I mean, it's really gone everywhere. Film, radio, as you yeah. know, I just yeah. went back into radio from being at 90PXY when I was 17. Well, you, how long were you at iHeart this last latest, latest stint? The longest I've been anywhere 
It was about 15, 16 months. You don't have to uh, talk. And if you're not comfortable, just say pass. But uh, you originally came in as Kimberly Beck's producer. I did. You didn't love it? No. Um, to what extent are you willing to talk about I that? I can talk about it. Okay. Yeah, I have nothing. I mean, they're... Yeah. I, I worked for the, for them for a very short period of time. I didn't like it either, but I am willing to go on the record and say there was one thing about them that I did like. Okay. The, their pace of work. Yeah. I enjoyed a... Fast. I am entrepreneurial. I yep. want a lot of work to get done, and I liked that they wanted a lot of sure. work done. I wanted that. Yep. You know, I was... I, with Wheeze, I was always trying to do more yep. bring up and, to zero and kind of being told like yeah you know what we just we're going to show up and, and the show's going to be loose and we're just going to kind of do it yep and i'm always like but we could we could we could with kimberly and beck they were the ones saying we could we could we could and yep. i enjoyed that yes didn't like their show didn't like their choice of content mm-hmm. um didn't want to work for them and felt at the time like i was being demoted to yeah. work for them yeah so that was why it didn't work out but for you what was it that you didn't like well, when I first got into it, it was because I knew Barry from a job. I was working for a meal prep company in the area, and he was a client of ours. And he was, I, I, I basically was his account manager. I would bring him the food and send him the menu and everything. And at one point, I uh, canceled that contract with the, the meal prep people because my father had open heart surgery. So I took about eight weeks off and spent all night up overnight making sure my father was safe and getting to the bathroom and if he needed anything so I like flipped my whole life upside down yeah. and I had no job at all I had no nothing on the horizon and uh, Beck called me once and what said was that? Well, hold on what was that period of time like where it was just you and your dad and you were like his everything I mean that had, was that special was it scary or was it sweet was it great good time or? I there was no thought it was what I had to do yeah there I love my family and if they said stay without money and overnight for the next 20 months, I would have done it. You were going to do it, yeah. 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 Um, my father, they said that he was working on half a heart for 15 years. Wow. And he's wow. in his 70s. He's going to be 76 this year. So thank God they caught yeah. what they caught. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So go on. Yeah, so, no, you're fine. Yeah. Um, so it, it was very meaningful. It was incredible, to be honest with you. I wouldn't tra- trade it for the world. Um, my sister came up from Texas, and my mom was home the whole time. And uh, so I had nothing on the horizon money-wise, and Beck calls me and says, hey, where's the menus? I haven't gotten it in a while. (laughs) I was like, well, I don't work for them anymore, so if you know anyone that's hiring, let me know. And he goes, that's funny you say that, because we need a producer. And I was like, all right, whatever. Were you pretty familiar with their show or no no no. familiarity? No, No, not at all. Honestly, we had only just been looking them up because we were like, wait, Beck? Beck on the radio? Because... You know, yeah. for the meal prep company, we were like, well, how is this? How and, did he find us? And I was confused. When I first moved to Rochester, too, there's this Beck on the radio. But there was another Beck, right? Wasn't yeah. there like a famous? Yes. Is it Glenn Beck I'm thinking of? No. No, there what was another. Thinking? There was I'm, a Beck that was famous, but he was like a nationally syndicated radio guy. And I remember spending like weeks confused as to, wait, there's Beck. Beck's in Rochester? <laughs> right, right, that right. Guy, he's nationally syndicated, <laughs> right, you know? Right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Not the same. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That's funny because I was new to Rochester. So like even the first time I met Weez, yeah. I was I didn't have any idea who he was and no idea like that he was a biker guy or yeah. like a kind of okay. old oh, wow. cool tattooed biker guy. Yeah. I thought he was going to be like Slick Rick coming in like, you know, sure. I thought he was going to be like 37 year old handsome morning that. man. Yeah. And instead, you know, he come in not with this that. guy with the gruff voice and the tattoos and I was just like, that's not what I thought I was going to get. This is cool. I loved it though. I loved it, but I was like, not what Pleasantly I was Pleasantly surprised. I yeah. Bet. So, so you learn about Beck and I, you're, yeah. yeah. And I, I, well, cause I grew up here, so I know their name. Yeah. And I, they hadn't, 
you know, bad reputations. They did have a bad reputation. It's, it's the weirdest thing with those two. Yeah. Where they had a bad reputation, but they also had a lot of listeners. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, it's kind of like Trump, right? Right. I guess so. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Some somehow they emotionally connect with something on people, and they mm-hmm. go, "Those people say that's it. These are my ride or die. I'm gonna, yeah. you know, back up." and listen to them well there's still people that'll defend them i mean i yeah. don't know if you saw the whole kimberly real estate fiasco, i did i did but if you <laughs> if you read through the comments the inner loop is the one that i love on that one what did they have what they had they? a meme that was uh someone trying to kiss a person and the person was pulling away but they labeled the person trying to kiss uh, Kimberly and the person pulling away <laughs> Remax. <laughs> well, well, that I read through some of the comments on her original oh, no. post because it's like 200 comments. Sure. And you know, there's some How people like, not? "Haha, you get what you deserve." Then there's a lot of people coming to her defense, and yeah. we love you, we miss you. And I was like, "Look, they had an audience, right?" Yeah. And that's hard. It is hard. It's hard to build an audience, it a is. dedicated audience like that. Well, and so. you don't get to choose them. Right. And I say that in the most lovingly way possible because I was with Bob Lonsberry for quite some time. And he's another person who's got a lot of polarizing attention. Yeah. And I, you know, to, I, when I introduced myself at my new job, I would say I was with Kimberly and Beck and I was with Bob Lonsberry. I had one person go, wow, that's a track record. Yeah. Well, I, was, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Maybe well, I was going to say, do you feel like you had to kind of clarify and say, I was with them, but also, like, I don't want you to think I'm of, one this, of, them, like, yeah. of this, like, army, like... But but at the same time though, see we I think you and I ran into the same thing with with some of them, mm-hmm. and that is that to our faces they could be really nice people. Yeah yeah yeah. And I thought it was an act. I thought the on air Jerry Springerness yeah. was a character. Yeah. And that they were really good people. Yeah. On the side. Yeah. And I can understand how a lot of that gets meshed. Yeah. As a person who is a character right. and has a real life, but there is general decency. Yeah. In dealing with people that should be there yeah i think so you know and i'll tell you there was a couple things but i get i've seen bob have some posts yeah where i've thought to myself oh boy oh yeah oh boy i don't want to be aligned with this oh, guy oh yeah but then i've also had bob, bob lonsbury is the only guy to my knowledge at least who ever went to bat for me when mm-hmm. i worked there whoever went upstairs and said this is a guy you need to invest in mm-hmm. the only guy that ever did that he pulled me aside on several occasions mm-hmm. to give me advice or tell me things that he thought i was doing well mm-hmm. uh and i just never got that from anyone else yeah and so he did some really great things Mm -hmm. and then every once in a while there's a tweet and i go ah (laughs) fuck bob no i like you i defend you and this is making it hard you know what i mean well i think that he's a great example of a character that he does know what his character is he does know the content that his character needs to put out and i think that underneath it he is the sweetest he will never agree with me but he is the sweetest most wholehearted person i know yeah because every time i've been around him it's just nothing but love you know like even we're on the air and he would call me something people would be like bob's being mean to you i'm like he's not being mean to me he's like my dad yeah you know and that's teasing or something yeah Yeah. and anytime that someone had anything like super mean to say against him i would go up to bat for him every time but i also understand that he has a character you had this hashtag going when you did that job. Don't put me on air. It was my Twitter handle. Isn't, it is my Twitter handle. Isn't it something how many people call a radio station and don't want to be on, the, go air? on the air? What is that psychology? I can't handle it. <laughs> what is that? It's like walking into a store, walking into a t-shirt store, yeah. and going, 
I don't want to buy a t-shirt, but do you have one in medium? <laughs> and then you'd be like, yeah, I do. Well, the thing, the one thing that I noticed that might is human nature. I think it's something about me is wrong. This is where I think all humans are right and I'm wrong okay. about something. I noticed through the years of being on the radio that if something on the air was incorrect, a mm-hmm. small little piece of information, mm-hmm. not a big piece, if it was a big piece of information, that's one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But if it was a small piece of information, like for example, you and I are taping this on a Friday. Yeah. If we were live on the radio and I accidentally referred to today as Thursday, yes. the phone lines would light up with people going, it's Friday, it's Friday, yeah. it's Friday. Yep. What is it about people that makes them have to correct a, a tiny, insignificant slip of the tongue? It's people that they cannot need to control. be right. They, they have need to. to be right. People have got to be right. Because is that what it is? completely right it's uh even bob when he says a slip of the tongue just a tiny little just factoid that you got wrong instead of saying bob duffy he says bob matthews you know and everyone's going no bob matthews isn't the president of the chamber of commerce you're right the lights on the phone were lit up yeah what is the psychology it's being right it's the whole it's all of social media too right yeah you see something that you think is wrong or is opposite of what you think and you have to comment on it you yeah. have like that's half my fear ever of posting on social media too. Shit, sorry, I just no, got you're fine. I'm just realizing it's two thirty. The oh, person trying to, the Palmers is, here, is supposed to pick up a couple hundred cases of my sauce right now, mm-hmm. and I just saw them calling. And I wish I didn't miss the call. Oh shit, we could have answered it. Do you want to? If wanna, he calls back, we'll answer it. Can you text him? Well, I could, but is it Kip? The problem is he's gonna. It's gonna go through a whole thing where I gotta. It's not Kip, but oh. please, I'm not important enough. To <laughs> um. Anyway, all right. Well, if he calls back, I might answer. Okay, it. that's fine. Live yes. on the not live podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what ultimately led to you wanting to uh, leave radio? Money. Money. They just wouldn't give it to you. They wouldn't give it to me either. So I don't feel. Too I bad. I asked them three, mm-hmm. four times. Mm-hmm. Money, and yeah, because I'm 34 with a college degree, and you know the salary of a board op. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not good. It's uh, and I have 10, 12, 15 years experience. In a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, and you, and by the way, also as someone who's worked with many board ops, you were also very good. Thank you. At what you were doing. So, uh oh, I'm getting a voicemail. Oh. Well, we can handle. It. I think we've only got a couple more minutes okay. on the podcast, okay. but you were also very, very good at what you uh, were doing too, though. I mean, you were somebody that you wish they would keep, and that 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 bothers me a little. I'm not sure exactly how much I'm allowed to say, but it bothers me a little bit. You know, it probably wouldn't have taken a ton to make you happy. I'm not sure, but. Were you asking for a ton? A ton? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> well, I mean, let's just put it this way. I have a big girl salary now, and I didn't have a big girl salary before. I mean, I know? can echo that sentiment. That's for so sure. So it's yeah. kind of like, and and as much as radio was fun, I as you and I have said before, yeah. it kind of seems to be in a downward spiral. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's. I had a guy describe it somewhat recently as a melting ice cube. Yeah. I, here's the the truth is, I, I don't want it to sound. I don't want it to sound like I'm saying despair because I have a lot of friends who who work there and and I still try. I listen to the radio almost every day. If I'm in the car, I got a minute. Mm-hmm. I listen. Um, in the morning, especially a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there. Mm-hmm. You know, audio content. There's going to be a home for. Yeah. People are listening to things. True. Uh, you know, and so there will be local radio people who are right. existing in 10, 15, 20 years. I just think yep. that, you know, the the pie is so fragmented at this point. When you're in the car, whatever you're in the mood to listen to, you can listen to. If Yeah. If you don't have, if you don't have Sirius XM, you're not going to 
you're going to be like the only person that tunes into local stations. I, I said that backwards. Yeah. Meaning, if you're in the car and you don't, and you have Sirius XM, you're not even listening to local stations. Well, between the Spotify app, between everything podcasts, on demand. And, and then, I mean, there's just a zillion options. Yeah. So I think that the days of there being, you know how like back in the day, everyone listened to Brotherways. Like right. in the late 90s, it was like you went to work and everyone had heard the same thing on the yes. way to work. They're just gone. Those days it, are just you're gone. You're absolutely right. You know, it's just that there's just never going to be that one person or that one show Source. ever again that has all the listeners. Yeah. It's always going to be little cults yep. of people that listen to all these different little things. Segments and, of a fragmented segment. And so that's maybe the reason they have to figure out how to sell that, yeah. I think. They're still trying to sell based on numbers, ratings, and, um, yeah. you know, hey, look, at, look at how many thousands of people listen to this yeah. radio station. And I think that what they have to do is change that philosophy over to uh, that the numbers aren't huge, but mm -hmm. the listeners are dedicated yeah yeah they are yeah they are listening and they love it and they will buy what these people are selling and that's the bottom line because uh, stone cold said so sorry yeah. i just every time i hear that i go into <laughs> 90s wrestling fan mode that's the bottom line because stone cold said so <laughs> couldn't well, have planned that better maybe we did a podcast i think we did a podcast well and that's the thing. That's the segue here. Podcasts yeah. are so much better. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, you know, there, there's, uh, let's be honest with you, there's a lot of bad podcasts. There are. There's a lot of bad. I think with like radio, I'm so afraid of bees and there's a bee now. Oh. Well, I think with radio, that's why I'm excited. I was telling you, I'm excited. There's supposed to be a frost tonight. Yeah, you want to get rid of that bee. That'll get rid of the fucking bees. The front. Anyway, the. the um, Poor bee. The, it's going to die. Do you love bees? No. Oh, I was going to say, no. But I'm it's not. just a living thing. It is a living thing. Why don't you have some empathy, Polly? Because I don't want to get stung. I'm more How selfish. selfish I'm are pretty you? selfish. Well, look, nature has a plan for that bee. That bee did its thing. Nature it pollinated. Has a plan for you. It made a bunch of honey. It chilled out with some flowers, whatever the fuck it does. And now it's going to get cold, and the bee's going to be like, I'm good. And that's it. Okay, fine. And, okay. and so, and I, I'm not going to fuck with Mother Nature. Okay. That's what Mother Nature has planned. Okay. No, but there's some bad podcasts. There are some really this bad This one ones. just became one for the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to give the people an example of what a bad podcast is. So, I mean, we could continue. <laughs> we could, if you and I, let's be honest, if you and I pushed another hour, we, <laughs> we would be a, a bad real bad. I'd have, to, I'd have to take a, a break to my car for some uh, smoke courage. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing. I think with radio, like, here's the thing. With radio, you're safe because with radio you're gonna get like okay at least okay content all the time it's never right. gonna be just like terrible right with podcasts like you're you're gonna find the cream <laughs> you're gonna find great stuff but you're also gonna find some shit that's embarrassingly that's bad someone sitting in their garage <laughs> yes. with a microphone that their grandfather bought a yes, couple years ago yes. and didn't know how to put together exactly oh exactly. good it's working out yes palmer's just showed up to pick up hundreds of cases of sauce Perfect. so the kids at u of r can have pasta and uh, maybe that's our sign that I got to go that's jump on fine. a forklift. I don't want you to see me get on a forklift. It's embarrassing. I'll, I'll leave before that. Okay. I know how I to operate them. I can do it. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're the best. Me. I love you. We, can we see each other again sometime? Please. Okay. All right. Please. Maybe next time I'll come to Well, you don't have to, something for me to come to. Can I come to your conference call? We could meet somewhere. <laughs> All right. We could, I'm always in parks. I know it's creepy, but well, I'm I always live 12 in Corners parks. Brighton. So if you want to. Let's do it. If you want to do Starbucks sometime. Okay. We could. Go do Starbucks. Done. I actually passed through you on my way to, to and from work. Perfect. Call me sometime. All right. I'm going to go deliver this sauce. Okay. <laughs>